I have a lot of people to talk to. I still can very well not feel heard in those situations with those people. And they're amazing people, like the most supportive people. I just, I don't feel heard. Hey there, my name is Sean and this is Suicide Noted. On this podcast, I talk with suicide attempt survivors so that we can hear their stories. Every year around the world, millions of people try to take their own lives. We almost never talk about it. And when we do talk about it, many of us, including me, are not very good at it. So one of my goals with this podcast is to have more conversations, hopefully better conversations, with attempt survivors. As always, I want to thank all the survivors who have joined me here on the podcast since we launched almost two years ago now, and of course to everybody who listens. Thank you so much. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to talk, please reach out. Hello at suicidenoted.com on Facebook or Twitter at Suicide Noted. I will also include a link in the show notes where you can leave us a recorded message. And I really love those recorded messages, so do not be shy. And one final link, we've got a lot of links today on how you can help us out if you are in a position financially. I don't talk about this much, but we could use some help with that. So if you get something out of this podcast and it's something you can afford to do, we would really appreciate it. Now, we are talking about suicide on this podcast as the title suggests, so please take that into account before or as you listen. But I do hope you listen because there is so much to learn. Today, I am talking with Cheyenne. Cheyenne lives in Texas, and she is a suicide attempt survivor. Hey, Cheyenne. Hi. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? How am I? I'm all right. Talking about suicide, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. Come on. So thanks for joining me and talking. I'm not going to say excited to be here, but I, I think it's interesting, like, I, I listened to, I'll say a lot of episodes and I was like, this is interesting to me. I, I've never heard anything like it. And I, I'm not very um, open about my experiences and my mental health. I'm open about my mental health, but as far as suicide goes, I'm not that open about. So I think I was just kind of looking for someone who feels what I feel and so it was just kind of like, this is very interesting to me. I've never heard anyone else's that wasn't like on TV or something. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of good to hear, I think, right? I know. I think so. It's kind of a strange community that people are almost scared to be a part of. Because, I mean, no one wants to feel this way, right? Like no one, no one signs up and is like, yeah. I want to be so sad that suicide is my out. Like, I want that. Nobody wants that. First, I think my thoughts on that are right. I think there are are some people get to a point where they really do. But that's that takes some time to get to. Yeah. For me, I just I've been depressed for a very long time to where I actually said to my therapist the other day, I said, is it possible to like almost resonate with depression so much because it's the longest, like it's the most familiar feeling that I've ever felt. Yeah. 
at, at 26, I feel like I've been depressed for since at least like 11, 12. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to recognize other, like I'm uncomfortable in other feelings because I'm so used to this one feeling. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and I don't know if this resonates with you. For me, even if there's other stuff, you just you just know it's temporary. Yeah. You know you're like you know where you're going back. It might be an hour, it might be a you know yeah. where you're going. For me, I don't want to bask in like other shit. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't feel like because it it feels fake. It's like this is only gonna be a couple hours, it's gonna be two days. This euphoric feeling, if you will, because like it can feel really good to be happy, but it's just like it doesn't last. And so it's like whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So here's a question that I've started asking more lately than in, certainly not in the beginning when I first had the podcast. I'm getting more and more curious as to, I understand people, I want to know why they're searching for that word, using that word and putting it in Google or Apple or Spotify. And then part two of that is then you find it. And in your case, you listen to it and you do want something else that some people don't do. You yeah. reach out and you're like, no, I not only heard some of these uh, stories. Uh, from these survivors. I want to be one of them. (laughs) So super vulnerable, right? Two Saturdays ago now, maybe three. I had been having a really bad week since I would say that Tuesday. So from Tuesday to Saturday, out of nowhere, I was more sad than usual. And I hadn't felt that sad in, I'll say a couple months, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, that's a long time. And so I had these racing thoughts of like, I do not, I I feel like a waste of space. I feel like a waste of a human. I don't want to live anymore. I don't want to be here anymore. I, I hate it here. I hate everything about being here. I was done. I was done. Like I I didn't want to live anymore. Honestly, like, and I, I cannot, every interaction I was having with like anybody, I was like, this is probably the last time this person is going to see me. Like, that's where I was. I went to breakfast with my mom Saturday morning and in the car, I was crying like on my way from leaving her. And I was like, that's going to be the last time my mom sees me because I'm for sure. Like when I get home, that's it for me. Like I'm done today. And that's not the first time that I've ever felt that way. But like I've ne- I hadn't I hadn't felt that sure about it in so long since 2016. It was it was like an internal warfare. It was like a part of me was like, no, like you need to be here for your for your parents. And I was the other part of me is like, I'm sick of trying to be here for everybody else. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm sick of of this. I'm sick of the health issues. I'm sick of mental health issues. I'm sick of the the inconsistency of happiness. I'm sick of it all. That internal warfare is going on. And so I'm like, there has to be something out there where. Like, I don't know. I literally just typed the word suicide into the podcast app because I'm a big podcast person. Something drew me to yours. And I liked that, like how everything was listed. It was just like, okay, whatever. I randomly clicked it. Um, I don't know whose I listened to first, but I ended up listening to about 20 of them on Saturday. And honestly, that may have been what got me through Saturday, like listening to all of them. So where I was almost like distracted because I'm trying to get so much like just listening. And I'm like, wow, there's so many people out there for whatever their story is that are like trying to be done too. And it was honestly the question for you to ask at the end where you were like, 
do you think you'll attempt again? And to hear so many people be like, yeah, it, it awed me. And that's where I was like, this is so interesting in the sense of like, I, I've never heard these conversations. And then I fell asleep. And then I woke up Sunday. Sunday wasn't as bad as Saturday. So I was like, I guess I can get through today. And so here we are. And that was a week ago or two weeks ago? That was about two weeks ago. It gives me, it makes me think, and I, and I tend to get back to people rather quickly. I don't wait mm-hmm. a long time, but it makes me think, don't wait. Right. Get back to them. You never know what the, uh, yeah. maybe this is the next thing that's going to help them out and help them get through whatever. Who knows? Yeah. Isn't it interesting? I have asked that question to most of my guests and yeah, some, some are in a spot where they're like, nah, it's not going to happen. That happens, but you're right. Others say maybe others say probably it's honest. Like it's so scary, but it's so honest. So I was, I'm listening to it Saturday. Right. And I'm like, would I like, after you asked that, I'm like, I'm talking to myself, like, would I, and I'm like, probably like how I'm feeling right now. I've been diagnosed with bipolar depression And so um, recently I got a new job. I teach. The psychiatrist that I was with doesn't take my new insurance. And so like I'm off my medication now. And so it's just kind of been a whirlwind of just going cold turkey on something. I mean, that probably has a lot to do with it also. It's just scary because like, no, I don't want to feel like this. Like I hate it. What does it feel like? Is it something you could put into words? It's very lonely. That word comes up a lot for me, like when I'm when I'm talking about anything, it, it feels so alone. And I have I have friends. I have I have a lot of best friends. Um, my friends are always like, you have too many best friends. And um, I didn't grow up in a big family, like sibling wise. It, it just feels very lonely. I've always felt like by myself. I've always felt like it's just me. No one else has to deal with my sadness but me. And at the end of the night, like I've always felt like everyone has someone, whether it be a romantic sense or like siblings who have each other or, you know, family members who have other close family members and people who have best friends and stuff like that. And it's crazy because I have like, you know, I have some of that, but like it still feels like I'll break it down into being like my best friend. She has a sister. I can't come before her sister. My cousins who I grew up very close with, they all have siblings. And so they have like each other and then, or my friends who will be in romantic relationships, they have their partner. So it's like, I always feel alone. I'm constantly feeling alone. The weight of everything, like no matter what I'm going through, everything feels heavy all the time. This constant like dozen elephants that I'm holding, it physically feels heavy. I feel like I'm trying to push through and I'm trying and I'm like, okay, I got one elephant off my back, but then it's like, there's two more. Right. And so I'm just, there's this overbearing, like loneliness. And I can talk to my therapist all day, but my brain will go, you know, this is just a job for her. She doesn't probably really care after this. Mm. And I try to stay consistent in therapy because I'm like, this is supposed to work. Like it's supposed to, but it, mm. I, it just feels lonely. That's the best word I can use to describe it all. Cause like who, the who wants to be alone? I, I feel like there's no, like, like I can't see the end for me. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I end up in this spot. A lot of the time is like, I don't see a future for me. Like, I don't see me having kids and like, I don't see me being married. I don't see that for me. I see me always being by myself. 
and it makes it really hard to be happy for other people. And so like, I find myself a lot and I'm sorry if I'm like running around your question, no, but I find good. myself a lot, like forcing myself to be happy for other people. Like I okay. genuinely, like there's a side of me that wants to be happy, but I'm like, wow, I'll never get that. I actually got ordained to marry two of my best friends, craziest shit I've ever done in my life, married them. I had a blast at the wedding. Next day I sobbed uncontrollably. I'm never going to have that ever Mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just lonely. I don't think there's a question about it. Loneliness is the number one reason why people kill themselves. Yeah. I'm not trying to simplify it. Yes. Guns and mental illness, and it all becomes a big blurry overlapping mess. Loneliness is the fucking killer. Yeah. Cause I mean, when, when you're in your room, like a lot of people who feel like I, I would think people who feel like they have other people, like people who don't deal with, I'll I'll say mental health in as drastic as what I feel like I go through. They're able to like call the people like, I'm going to just get this off my chest. Keep it moving. Though I may have a village of people. It's like a fear of judgment. It's almost like, like I'm talking to you now and I'm kind of thinking about it. I may isolate myself on accident because I don't feel like they'll understand I, my biggest fear for as long as I could ever remember has been people thinking that I'm crazy. Like when I used to cut myself, I would wear sweaters and everyone thought like, oh, she's wearing sweaters because she's overweight. And she's like concerned of her weight and how people are going to see her. No, I just don't need you to see my wrists, you know, mm. like, and so you'll never understand. It's like you're judging already. And that's what I'm already fearful of. So now I'm not going to open up to you so you can talk about me or judge me like that scares me that that terrifies me the thought of it I could literally cry like I hate feeling like people are judging me because like my I really just wish I was understood I wish I understood myself (laughs) you know I hear a lot in certain spaces is don't keep it to yourself talk about it tell somebody share it I'm not suggesting or encouraging people not to do that but I do think it's important to say there's a reason why People don't. Yeah. And if you think magically, just because they share something, those that receive that information are going to be there in a way that's supportive and kind. You're not often correct about that. Right. And so what you're saying there is like, yeah, I get it. You don't want to feel that way. So you stop doing it. Yeah. Let me be honest. Like there are times where I do talk about it. It may take me a long time. Like the feelings that I had between the week I just told you about the Tuesday to Saturday, it lingered on a little throughout the next week. And I just never talked about it to anyone. Like I never talked about it for what I started self-harming again recently. And that was like big for me because I haven't done it in so long. And so I finally like told one of my friends, I told my friend, Nicole, I was on the phone with her literally last night. And I had been thinking, I'm going to tell anybody I'm doing this. I was like, no, what the heck? Like, absolutely not. I would not tell anyone that I'm doing this. And I'm talking to Nicole and I was like, just tell her, like, just say it. So I told her, instantly regretted it. And so that's like, like, I hate that feeling of like, I shouldn't have fucking said anything. Like, shut up. Like, I do that all the time. And so like, for majority of the time, I'm just not going to say anything because I don't like when I finally do, I regret it. Because all day today, I've been thinking like, 
I wonder if she's randomly thinking about how fucking crazy I am. She's probably going to talk about me with her other friends and be like, this bitch is crazy. <laughs> All right. So Cheyenne, you're 26. You live in Texas. All right. So you're from Houston. You live in Houston. You just moved. You've made it to 26 years old. Yeah, I cried. <laughs> I cried this year. I cry every year on my birthday. I'm not going to lie. But this year was like, I did not see 26 for me. Mm. I did not. If you ask anyone about me, like they would say, like, I thought it was good at 24. Like I thought I was going to cap out at 24, but I'm here. Yeah. And so do you remember the first time you thought about suicide? The first time I thought about it, I was in middle school. So I was like 13. That's also when I started self-harming. It's crazy because that started as like someone just mentioning self-harm. I never like really been introduced to that I didn't hear about it or anything I start self-harming I'm like yeah it just came very natural to me like hearing about it and then doing it and then my mom was she would work a lot so like I was at home and one day I was just like I hate this like I feel like everyone's prettier than me and I get made fun of a lot for being bigger and people just are so mean People are so I was mean too in response to people being mean. And one day I was at home. I was just like, I don't want to live anymore. Like, I don't want to be here. That's how mm-hmm. I always said it. I don't want to be here. And I didn't, I didn't try though. I didn't attempt, but that was the first time I ever thought about it. A couple hours later, I had never had those thoughts before. I've always been just really sad and like uncontrollably crying to where I'm like anxiety attacks and stuff, but the, the thought of suicide had never crossed my mind until then. Like, and I couldn't even tell you to this day what triggered it. I just remember being sad and like missing something, but I don't know what I'm missing. I feel like I'm missing out on like why everyone else is so happy. And though I know people have their struggles, I just feel like mine suck. I mean, everyone's struggles suck, but like, what the fuck is this? Like, I don't know. And and I just, I did not want to be here anymore at 13. Right. Okay. And so that was half your life ago. Yeah, literally. That's crazy. Literally. From 13 to 26, I know a few things just from what we've talked about. You mentioned a handful of health issues. Yeah. You got diagnosed with bipolar. I know you do some teaching. And I know that recently you were like super close to ending your life. Yeah. But was your childhood... I don't know, kind of okay. My dad was in prison for, it was about two years, two and a half years he was in prison. My mom and dad were together a lot of like from birth to, I was about 10 or 11. So then, yeah, those next two or three years. So from 11 to about 13, I still had a relationship with my dad, even though, you know, him and my mom were together. And then he went to jail and like, I felt that change. And to be very transparent, everything just started crumbling. Mm. My mom was messing with a married man. It was in the church. I grew up in the church from birth to my whole life. I grew up in the church. She was messing with a married man in the church. The middle school that I went to was close to my church. So a lot of those kids went to my school and they would spread rumors. I mean, they were facts, but at the time I thought they were rumors because I didn't personally know about it. I had to deal with that at school. I was fighting kids at school. I fought a lot defending my mom in like these fake rumors that was an emotional toll on me because I just I hated fighting but I would do it and then I caught my mom with the married man I was spending the night at my friend's house and I just was ready to go home 
And I walked home from my friend's house. My mom told me she was at the store, so she couldn't come pick me up. I walk home and I walk in and I see my mom laying there with a man. Couple of months after that, he moves in the house. My dad's still in prison at the time. So I don't have anyone to go to. I don't have anyone to vent to about that stuff. And that honestly like fucked me up. Cause like, I don't have my mom anymore. She has this man. Like I've been fighting kids, physically getting my ass whooped, trying to defend my mom's honor. And she never talked to me about it really. She found out I was cutting myself and I told her it was her fault. And I just, that's like the biggest of my childhood. My mom and dad, my dad beat my mom a couple times. Like it was crazy. It was a little hectic. It was a little chaotic. Mm -hmm. Financially though, we were good. We were Mm -hmm. never like bad. We got evicted once, but like we went to live with my grandma. So I don't feel like that was that bad. I feel like I minimize a lot of stuff, but like that's what was going on. And I didn't feel the weight of it. I didn't think until like later. You get through high school? High school. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was cool. I was just trying to figure myself out. Still self-harming. I started smoking weed at 13. Mm -hmm. And so then I was hanging with a lot of older kids. So I'm drinking also now at like 13, 14, just trying to like cope with things. I feel like I was just around all the wrong things. And so I would like skip school to go smoke. I would smoke after school and you know it feels normal because a lot of the kids that I grew up with were doing this but like I would hope that if I were to ever have kids which I I don't really see but if I did I would hope they weren't doing that at 13 because it's so young and all this while middle school high school did you ever attempt to take your life 16 going into 17 it's always been my appearance for me also like I just felt like I was around, like I had the most beautiful friends and the guys would like always flock to them. I had this really like close friend. I liked him so much. I remember, and it sounds so trivial, but this was what I was going through. And to think that like, whatever, he ends up telling me that like, he wants to be with like my best friend. That hurts. The next day I go and I'm drinking with some older kids from my church. I got drunk. I came home and I was like, I'm just going to take these pills. I'm just going to keep taking them. And I'm taking a couple at a time. And then I just stopped. I'm like, because I'm throwing up already. So I can't keep anything down. And I'm crying because like, why can't I keep anything down? Like it was, it was intense. But that wasn't the first time that I had taken pills, like in trying to like end it. Like the first time I, I was scared. It's like, who's scared of suicide, right? Like. I took a couple, I don't even know, whatever my mom had at home because she confronted me about it. She was like, have you been taking these? Absolutely not. And I got in trouble for taking her pills, but she thought I was doing it to like get high. No, if only you knew the truth. Like I was trying to get out of here. Right. And did you tell anybody about that? You just did it, didn't work, went on with it. No, I never talked about that. I never talked about that. I never talked about the second time. And there's, there's been three attempts. And then the third one was 2016. So the first one, you're 16. Yeah. 16, 17, the following year. And then 2016, I I had to be like 19, 20. They were all pills. Honestly, I never correlated the three of them. Honestly, right now, until talking to you, I'm going to be honest. I'm so scared to tell my therapist about suicide attempts because don't put me in a hospital. Like, yeah. I mean, you know your therapist and you know your comfort level. I mean, I think they're going to put you in the hospital if you're 
Oh, for sure. If, if they think that you are going to do something now, I, I think you can talk about the past, but that's just my own personal experience. So, yeah. 2016 was, was I would say, like the most, I don't know the word to use, but it was, it was the time I for sure was like, this is, this is the one. Like Cheyenne is not making it past today. I was for sure. Like I wrote letters. I had them on my, my dresser at, I went to college out here somewhere and I had letters on my dresser for address to like my mom, my dad, my aunt, my uncle, my grandparents. I was like, y'all at least should know like why I had it open on my, my laptop. I had everything set up. I was like, they're going to find me here and that sucks, but this is just where it has to be. Like I'm done. And it's crazy. Cause I was really close with my roommates. Like we were friends we would hang out. They would come back to my house back in Houston. Like we were close. These guys that I would hang out with a lot. I called them my brothers. They were at my dorm at the time. All of them were sleeping with like one of my roommates and I'm just in my room. And then the other two were like just in the living room chilling. Nonetheless, there were about seven to eight people in the right. house mm. and I'm friends with all of them. So it's like, okay, Shane, you're sad. Why not just go out there? Talk to your friends. Like they're here for you. No. I hated it. I hated college. I hated life. I hated myself. I just always have felt like a waste of a human. I don't want to be here anymore. And I keep trying to like, oh, well, this these next couple of weeks won't be that bad. This next phase of life won't be that bad. And everything always fucking sucks. Like, I hate it. That's how I was feeling. This is going to sound insane. However, <laughs> in going to PV, like, there was this bottle of pills. We were walking around campus, me and um, my friend Tay. And he literally was like, bro, who leaves like medicine outside? And he found this bottle of pills. It sounds so crazy telling this story. And he found this bottle of pills and I brought it. I was like, I'm gonna Google it when we get back and see like what these are. And so I Google it when I get back and they were for like pain or something. So I was like, oh, I'm keeping these. These mm. are mine now. Mm-hmm. Um, it had to be like a couple days later. Everyone was in the house or the dorm, whatever. And that night, I just I was sad, and I couldn't explain it to anyone. I didn't understand it. I just hated, like I hated living. I hated being here. Mm. I hated being in my body, and I've always wanted to just be like to talk about it. I wish I could just talk about it, and it would like alleviate what I'm feeling I really do but it didn't work that way for me it doesn't work that way for me and so I wrote the letters I wrote I typed up whatever I typed up I am taking these pills a few at a time I feel my body going numb like I, I I feel like something's going on I don't know what it is I'm laying on the floor in my room and then I just remember like going to sleep and that was that the next day I wake up on the floor in my room and I'm sobbing uncontrollably because why the, Why did I make it to the next day? I, I hated it. I hated everything about being alive the next day. After that, I just started self-harming again. I was like, I can't do anything right. Like yeah. I couldn't do, I was so mad. I couldn't tell you like why I didn't try again right after that. I think I was just kind of like, this sucks. Like, what the fuck? What am I doing? what is this? And I never, I don't think I've told anyone that 
I, I may have said like I tried I never told the story like in detail like that mm-hmm. so it's almost weird to hear out loud mm. when did you uh, when did you get diagnosed with bipolar August 2020 all right so more recently mm-hmm. you think you're bipolar I think something's wrong I don't know because like and still trying to understand what's going on with me this diagnosis and everything that comes with it I know that I'm not like like in bipolar depression, when I get in my episodes, it's like the overbearing amount of sadness, right? Like an uncontrollable amount of sadness that like slaps me in the face. And they're like on my shoulders, both of them. I'm driving to work in the morning, sobbing. I teach first grade. Like Mm. I have to deal with small children. I have to be happy at work. And like, it just feels like character. And so like, I I'm trying to understand what's going on with me so that like I can take the proper gear. Cause like I said, I don't choose this. I do try to fight it as much as I can, but I feel like I lose every time. And so, because I do try to fight it, that's why I do think that there's something wrong. But if they say bipolar, like, I guess give it a name if you will, but I just don't want to feel like this anymore. Like I really don't. And so those days where it's just like very overwhelming, I'm like, if I could check out today, I would. That's how I feel a lot of the time, honestly. So here's a question. If there were an easy, painless way to check out, you'd be dead by now. Oh, 1000%. Right. No joke. We're not, we're not fucking around here. You would not be here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how that, I wonder how true that is for, you know, what percentage of other people would say that or feel that way. I do this thing where I have like a, um, and so, you know how like people do YouTube and they do their vlogs and whatever. I have this Instagram account where I have like, like a Finsta, if you will. And so I go in there and I'll just like record myself talking and trying to vent because like I said, I don't feel like I can tell people this. Mm. And so like on those things, I'm talking and I don't watch them back because like that's weird, but I just need that space to um, talk. And I, I said the other day, like, I can't feel bad. for Like I used to feel like, no, you have to do this for your mom. You have like, how's your mom going to, I hate when people say that shit. I don't care how anyone else is going to feel Cause I feel like this, my mom, I'm like, bro, mom, I love you. And I would, I don't want to make my mom sad. Cause I love her so much. I think she's like the best person in the whole world, even after all the shit that like we've gone through together, but like you've lived your life. Like you had a kid granted it's me. And like, I feel like this, but like, you've had a kid, you have happiness, you know, you have a man, you have friends and all this. My best friend, she had, she's so beautiful. Like men just flock to her she has sister and a brother and like you have other people that will help you cope if you're sad me there's just me that has to deal with me this sadness like I don't want to deal with this anymore I don't want to be like this so if I had an option to like not deal with this absolutely and I can't think about how anybody else would feel about it fair yeah (laughs) so how was it that you were diagnosed with bipolar we're going to a therapist i've been seeing my therapist for mm, about two years before my insurance got cut off and then um i was going to a psychiatrist as well i was going to both of course i was diagnosed 
depressed. I have anxiety really bad, very frequent anxiety attacks. Like college was no joke for me. Just in talking to her about everything that I was going through, um, I did tell her about like self-harming before. I was, but I was always like, oh, I don't do it anymore. And at the time I still was. And it just, it came with like, okay, even with the medicine, are you still feeling like this? Absolutely. I think Dr. Shu, I had to do like a series of like a whole bunch of shit. First of all, let me say this. (laughs) They will say shit very casually as if it's like not a thing. That's how it was for me. And she was like, yeah, so, you know, the feelings that you're experiencing and, you know, the things that you're going through, they correlate with bipolar depression. And so that was the first time that it was introduced, like in conversation. Second session that I go to her the following week, that's when she just told me like, yeah, that's what this is. Like, this is what you have. So then she changes like my medication. I had to see her more frequently. I was going to her every other week. I had to start seeing her every week. Also with my therapist, I would start seeing her every other week because I used to see her like once a month. Everything just got more intense after the diagnosis. And so it just came with like frequent um, visits to her, being honest with her as much as I could, because I'm not going to lie. I used to lie a lot (laughs) to my Mm. psychiatrist and my therapist, almost feeling like I needed to protect myself. It was like, I want help, but I don't want you to think I'm crazy. Mm -hmm. I want your help, but like, I'm always been scared of like the hospital, right? Like there's this it's just scary. So like, I would say just enough to where like, you know, that I'm going through something, but not too much to where I would feel like y'all gonna make me put them socks on. Hmm. Never been to a hospital? No, never. How many people in the world know about your suicide attempts? Three, my best friend, Jordan, my friend, Nicole, and a person that I'm no longer friends with. I was best friends with, we were best friends since I was 13 when I literally started self-harming to 25 till mm-hmm. last year so we're and that was like my best friend and we fell out I went into like a pretty bad depressive state after that but um she knew just about everything she knew everything like everything I was willing to share I would say it was with her when I told her I was drunk and I was just like this is this She knew about self-harming, depression, anxiety. Mm -hmm. We lived together. So she would walk in. I would be on Zoom with my therapist, like stuff like that. So she was privy to everything, but it had to be like a conversation. And I brought it up so casually. And I do that a lot, trying to bring stuff up like casually in conversation, like it's no big deal. And it feels easier for me. But I can tell a lot of times, like, well, with my friends, they'll try to keep a straight face when they're listening. But like, I see through that. Mm. yeah they probably they, they very well maybe. i mean rightfully so i guess it's not normal uh, uh, I, i'm gonna call bullshit on that it's not <laughs> fuck that. rightfully so my ass <laughs> so as we talk today how many people do you have in the world that you could call up or hop on zoom or go to a coffee shop and not yeah right maybe you're not talking about suicide but you know you're talking about the tough stuff how many people do you have like that when you ask that, is it how many people do I have that would answer or like that I'm willing to go to? Because I yeah. think that's different things, right? Like definitely two I different things that would answer. But like mm-hmm. that judgment terrifies me. Like it will right. hold me back from saying anything to anyone 
but I know who would answer. I have like a good five to six people. And that's a lot considering like some people who don't have anybody, which is why where I bring up that whole loneliness thing where it's like, I I have these people, but like, it doesn't feel like I do at the same time and not because of them. It's all me. Mm, mm, It feels like at least. Well, sure. And you had said that you stopped taking medication recently. Yeah. Cold turkey. I've felt all of the effects. Like, Why did you stop? I've, I've run out of medication and I don't have a, I haven't gone to a new therapist that takes my insurance yet. I've just, I didn't, I haven't, I keep saying like, okay, I need to go to someone else. She's recommended people to me, but like, mm. I've never been consistent in therapy and going right. to a psychiatrist the way that I was for about two years now to try to have to get used to new people, retell my story, re get mm-hmm. like I have to let you guys in again. Like, I don't want to feel all that again. Granted, I'm still dealing with like, I don't feel like I've healed from a lot of it, but like, that's not a fun process. <laughs> I would love to see some data or research. I'm never going to do it. But if someone out there hears this and wants to send this to me, the effect of, because our healthcare system is pretty screwy. And so- because if you change a job, you might have different insurance. And if you have different insurance, you have a new doctor and yada, and all the changes. Cause that's the worst thing to happen when somebody yeah. is to have all these. And then for me, I can, I like, I, you know what? I'm done. Like I'm not even fucking calling them anymore. I went to a doctor recently for like my eyes yeah. and I have a new insurance and I paid the copay and then they sent me a bill and I just burned it. And, and, and so what that means right now is I also have a medication and I don't have a doctor for it. And I'm going to have to jump through hoops. So I'm like, maybe I'm just, you know, and, and should I be off it? Probably not. And But you're making it hard. You come on. Absolutely. I No, like we are one in the same boat right now. I was in the hospital for COVID. New Year's Eve to January 10th, I was in the hospital for COVID. Hmm. They sent that hospital bill mm-hmm. and I threw it in the trash. Yep. I don't care. <laughs> I don't want to see it. Y'all yeah, no, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> What's your health problem or problems that you know? Um, I have asthma. I have really bad asthma. And so then also in being overweight, there just comes many other little health issues. Like I have like, in addition to asthma being overweight, those two don't go together. I have sickle cell. I'm constantly like, I have the weakest immune system in the world. And so just those that combination of the three of those things. And I've always struggled with my weight um, really bad, really, really bad. And so the pressure of, even from when I was a little girl, just people trying to put the pressure on me. Like my grandmother, like at 13, she got me a personal trainer and she's like, you just need to lose weight. I don't know. I've never been receptive of like how people came at me about it. And it's lingered on to now. And so like when I was in the hospital for COVID, my lungs weren't functioning at full capacity and like things like that. I'm just constantly like when I get sick, I've had the flu. I'm going to say it was October. I can't remember the month, but I had the flu. I was in the hospital again for like six, seven days. My hospital stays are never short and I go often. I go a lot more than I would like to admit, but mostly my asthma. I mean, sickle cells always been a part of my shit, but yeah. Does anything help you feel better? In in moments when I'm when I'm around people, like when I'm around people, I'm I'm very happy. 
But then the second I leave a group, it sounds crazy. The buildups of knowing that I'm going to be with a group of people gives me a lot of anxiety. I'm thinking about what am I going to wear? Are people going to judge me for wearing this? Like, I hate being with people who like to dress up because I don't. Because I'm like, I'm not comfortable in wearing certain things. So like, that'll be in my head a lot of the buildup to hanging out with people. So I'll try to avoid it almost. Once I'm there, I more than likely have a really good time. And so I'm happy in those moments to where it feels like, like love. It feels present. It feels like I don't have to worry about anything else right now. Like I'm not sad. And then I go home and it doesn't feel like that anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say alcohol, but like if I'm socially drinking with friends, I'm having a good time. I don't smoke weed anymore. It intensifies like everything going on in my head, but being around people, not my family, not being around my family, my friends specifically. Two-part question. You know the question I'm about to ask, right? Is it the question? What's well, a two-parter for you though? Okay. Part one, will you try again? Sometimes I say, might you try again? But for some reason with you, I'm saying, will you try again? Part two to that question, given what you shared to me about how you grew up and spending a lot of time in church, if you do indeed take your life, will you be meeting God? Will you be in heaven? Will you be in hell? Do you not believe? How I feel today is I feel like, like I said, like, I don't, I don't see an, I don't have an end goal and not because like, I don't plan for one. I just don't see that for me. There's no like five-year plan. Like I have to literally take it a day at a time. There's nothing out here for me. That's how it feels. And so those days where that sadness, like one of these days, I feel like I'm gonna get it right. And I don't mean that in the best way. And, and that sucks to say, and I wish I didn't feel like this, but I don't want this for me. You know what I mean? I feel like I've said that, but yeah, I feel like I would. I would hope that I don't, but I feel like I would. I'd be lying if I said that I didn't think that. Did you think about killing yourself today? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you More have... Often than I'd like to admit, like, it, it crosses mm-hmm. my mind. I just don't want to be this way. So, like, it's... I wish I had answers for me, <laughs> you know, let alone you. I don't want to be this way. Like, I, I don't want the thoughts. I don't want the, the emotions. I wish I had a different way to emote. Mm. but for some reason this is how my brain is wired and you know I've been open with you I've tried therapy I try therapy and I'm gonna go back because like I'm trying to find different coping mechanisms and I'm trying to find things that work and get to the root of why this is what it is why everything feels how it does for me I'm trying to figure out is there a reason why This is my, you know, my go-to solution for things. But at the same time, like I said, I try to fight it. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, you get up and it sounds like most days you go to work. Yeah. You know me, I'm not trying to make you feel good. So I guess there's different like degrees of hopelessness. Yeah. Look different for different because some people are high functioning and they're planning to end their lives and other people are in bed all day, but they they won't. So you can't just look at what they're doing and make any assumptions. Um, But I just think about it like you're fighting, clearly going to teach six-year-olds. My God. Jesus Christ. All right. But now that's a perfect segue to the other question that I asked. What about God? I told you I grew up in the church. Um, I was very close in the church. My grandmother, um, she was a deaconess in the church. I was there before service started. I left after service ended. I was there Monday through Sunday, every day except Saturday. 
I've seen a lot of things and I've seen a lot of hypocrisy in the church. And so um, I've kind of lost my way with religion, if I'm being honest. Throughout college, I've gotten more secure in being able to say out loud that like, I don't think I identify as a Christian. If I wasn't born into Christianity, would I have ever been a Christian? I think about those things. I believe in a higher power. I don't, I don't know what that is though. I don't know what I believe, but I don't think that I would be going to heaven. I don't think I'm going to hell either. Hopefully I'm just at peace and whatever that looks like. If that's just like my brain is inactive because that's what I wish for a lot of the time, like silence, Mm. I would hope that that's what that's like. And I hope that doesn't sound dark, but like I just really want it to be quiet and I don't want to feel anything. I don't want to feel sadness, at least. Mm -hmm. So I don't think heaven for me. Are there myths that you want to talk about or dispel specifically that we haven't covered? We did kind of talk about how like people are like, oh, you just need to find someone to talk to. I have a lot of people to talk to. I still can very well not feel heard in those situations with those people. And they're amazing people, like the most supportive people. I just... I don't feel heard and I don't know how to try to make someone hear me. It's like, I want you to listen the way I want you to listen. And I don't know how I want you to listen. Stop trying to force people to find a village. And when people tell you like to think about what other people would feel when you get to these points, I've conditioned myself now to stop giving a fuck about what other people would feel in those situations, because it all ties into like not feeling heard. Like, Why am I supposed to care how someone else, like they have their own life. They will heal. And even if they don't, I need to worry about me and me does not want to be here. And I need to figure that out for me instead of worrying about how someone else is going to feel. I think that's it for me. You know, I'm going to, I've been saying this for a while and I've been a little lazy about it. I'm going to, I want to reach out to my guests and start with the first ones in like 2020 and sort of get an update. Just get an update, see what's going on, see if anything's changed, see how they're feeling. And I don't know with you in a year or whatever it is, if I come back and I say, hey, Cheyenne, I email you, I want to do an update. Let's hop on Zoom sometime in the next couple of weeks. I I don't know if I'm going to get an email back. I got to be okay with that. I mean, my job here, my role here is is what it is. Yeah. So uh, I have to sit with that and be like, all right, that that might be the case. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to say this as well. I had a friend who um, recently this past summer committed suicide. He had two kids, a little boy and a little girl. I just remember thinking like they would tell him like to live for his kids. Like you should live for your kids. But like, I just feel like that just goes to show that like nothing can fill that void. Like it's genuinely so personal and something you have to figure out. That's just something I felt like I needed to add. Trying to make people live for other things. It's not a thing for me in my experience. His death made me realize that a lot more than I ever felt before. But I mean, like I said, I do try to fight it. And I mean, I made it to 26. So I've Mm -hmm. been doing a good job. But some days I do feel like I'm losing. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Houston, Texas. Her name is Cheyenne. Yeah. Any other things you want to share? No, I really appreciate this. Um, I don't know why I'm getting emotional, but I really appreciate this. 
because it, it, it really does provide a space that like I hope you realize you're giving people an opportunity whether it's people like me who feel like super hopeless or people who just want to share their experience for other people it's just a really cool thing I think you're doing so thank you very much sometimes I think I should be a little bit more responsible and ask people how they're doing because you know once they get off the call I don't know what could get triggered it's out of my control I don't feel bad about anything that happens but you think you're gonna be okay yeah I mean I'm having an okay day if you will like I deal with sadness a lot I cannot tell you where there has been like a full day where I just haven't like you know at least experienced it and it's not because of people or anything I can just be in my head it's it's very trivial shit too like I messaged a friend on fucking Instagram and I feel like it sounds stupid he didn't respond to me and it didn't make me sad that he didn't respond it triggered something in my head that then opened the door for everything else to flood through. So then it ruined the rest of my day because I'm just thinking about how sad I am, how unhappy I am, and how I'm going to go home today and like experience being alone all over again. I just, I hate the feeling of loneliness. Mm -hmm. But like, I really do, as crazy as it may sound, like I feel like I'm okay for what okay is for me. Right. (laughs) It's eight o'clock there now, right? A little after eight. Yes, sir. What are you going to do for the rest of your night? I've been forcing myself to watch the challenge, rewatching reruns. I don't have work tomorrow. So just cleaning, straightening. I have a cat. Go see what she's doing because she's never messing with me. I've been trying to find another home for her Mm. because I don't want to end my life. And then like she not have like, and I hate that I think like that. Mm-hmm. and I've been telling like my friends they're like oh I just don't want her anymore like I don't want to tell them the real reason why I'm trying to find her another home I'm just sad all the time and I wish I wasn't that's, that's all I got for me <laughs> and you got green nails yeah all right <laughs> they're cool thank you do some damage to those things take someone's <laughs> eye out I'm going to come off honestly mm-hmm. oh yeah <laughs> I'll connect with you soon. And I never know how to end these, but I'll just say stay safe and stay well. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. As always, thanks so much for listening and all of your support. Special thanks to Cheyenne in Texas. Thank you so much, Cheyenne. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to talk, please reach out. Hello at suicidenoted.com on Facebook or Twitter at suicide noted there is also a link in the show notes if you'd like to leave us a recorded message and i love me some recorded messages and as i shared in the intro we could use some help if you find any value or joy or interest or whatever else from this podcast and you're in a position to help we could use some so i will share a link in the show notes as well as a link to a new community that may be of interest to you so more on that very soon We're excited as we near our two-year anniversary. That is all for episode number 116. Stay strong. Do the best you can. I'll talk to you soon.